I almost choked myself trying to save somebody <laughs> from a misophonia attack. You see? I swallowed that prematurely because we the recording started and it wasn't ready to be swallowed. Mm. So I hope see, that's what happened. That's that's what happens when y'all uh you know, you try to try to uh tell the master what to do, how to proceed, man. That's right. <clears throat> huh? Yeah, that's true. You uh, wouldn't tell a samurai how to swing his sword, how to Yeah. How to disembowel, disembowel himself. himself or someone else. You wouldn't but but that's what's gonna wind up happening. It's like you're gonna swallow something too fast and get disemboweled. Yeah. Have, have you seen the speaking of uh telling the master how to do things, have you seen the the privilege discourse the last couple of days? Oh, thank God, no. There's a new victim. There's a new victim? what's the what's the new yeah, uh, his name's Rick Rick Rubin. Oh <laughs> the legendary Rick Rubin. He's the latest victim of He's the he's the latest one to be called out, not called in. I saw whisperings yeah, of this. Can you bring us, me and Aaron, up to date? Well, basically, I guess he's got a you know he's got a book out, uh, which seems like on the surface of it, kind of a vibes book. Uh, and then he's got a sixty minutes interview coming out, I guess Sunday with Anderson Cooper, where he confesses that he has no technical expertise. He doesn't. Uh, Really play any instruments, mm. which I think he's kind of just letting out a little bit. I, I remember distinctly watching that motherfucker chop up the samples for ninety nine pro Jay Z's ninety nine problems. He made that beat. I remember watching that in the the Black Album documentary. Oh. Anyway, so he says he has no technical expertise. He doesn't really know how to use a soundboard. Basically, he just trusts his tastes and intuition, and artists benefit from his tastes and intuition. Uh, which, I mean, the results don't lie. You know I mean, what I the mean? results don't lie. They're pretty I clear. Mean, <clears throat> say what you want about Ruben, but... I don't know. What is he... I don't know his, like, so, so, like Beastie Boys, right? But, like... Well, Blood Sugar, Sex, Magic, Red Hot Chili Peppers. Mm, uh, Well, then he found what found he found a Def Jam. Please found a Def Jam with Russell. Please defend Red Hot Chili Peppers. I I don't I I don't hate all the Chili Peppers. (laughs) But 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 hold up, but like, or I should say their output. uh, But but Tom, this is the thing though. Tom turns. It's like so I guess the privilege because so I guess the discourse is saying that he benefited from like off the backs of all these like. You know, black artists, right? Is that what people are saying? No, 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 no. They're uh-huh. saying only an old rich white man would have the audacity <laughs> to come out and say he got rich off vibes. <laughs> but he's not wrong. So they're though. not even saying he's like a culture vulture. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you know, he's founder of Def Jam or whatever. Like, I figured that would be the thing to hit him on, right? Or whatever. Yeah, like, yeah, he's yeah. sort of yeah. gatekept black culture or something like something like that. Yeah, that would that would be more of a that would be more of an apt like criticism. But I, I still I mean, think it's it's not fair. But still, it would be like more in line with what they're saying. But really, they're just mad about his vibes. Are we gatekeeping racially gatekeeping vibes now? Is that what is that the is that the like you know like where we've ended up at? I've that's seen, how we're gonna start I've seen a lot of people actually mad about this clip about him confessing that he has no technical expertise. Which in the music world, I think producer is a little different. Like in the movie world, right? Like if you just kicked in some money on a movie, you get a producer credit. Like yeah. if you yeah. 
in yeah in film like if you had some sort of contribution that you know facilitated the end product you usually get some sort of producer credit or something like mm-hmm. that in music the connotation is that like you either constructed the track or you sort of coached right yeah. like cuz i've always yeah, wondered yeah. how like phil specter produced uh, he, or people like that that produce like that that produce he bands. did it by murdering uh-huh. someone Bad example. (laughs) If you want to talk vibes, he did it the old fashioned fashioned way. way. (laughs) The original, the original vibe. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Murder was the first vibe. The pioneer way. Cain and Abel. Cain was like, man, this is giving murder vibes. (laughs) It's murder vibes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. There, what? Who? Like, who killed? Cain, Cain killed, killed Abel. Cain standing up. Cain standing above Abel with a big stone, ready to bash his head in or whatever. And Abel's just Whoa. like, man, giving- I don't know what you're planning to do with that, <laughs> but the vibes are fucked. Right <laughs> murder vibes. Are- well, your well, your brother pissy off and murders the vibe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, I don't know, Tom. I'm looking at his output here. I'm the. Uh, See, this is the thing. Like, I, I well, I, I'm not saying for my personal taste. <laughs> I'm say I'm saying that he's so, a lot of records he's produced have sold a lot of records. But they're vibes records, though. Like Weezer, you know what I'm saying? Ye- like Jesus, maybe the ultimate vibes record. <laughs> yeah, he's like most of this shit. He's an all music you can't, vi- a vibe, basically. Like, uh, come on. He's writing a book. They're uh, coming out with a book. Their creative act, a way of being. It's literally he's a vibes guy. He, he, he is a vibes he, guy. He's really monetized vibes. He produced an Avet Brothers album. Did you he, did you know he also? Hey, listen, even <laughs> Jordan missed a few shots. <laughs> dude, I'm in a bad mood today, so I'm going to take down Rick Rubin, dude. Fuck this. Let's see. He also produced um, Andrew Dice Clay. Two albums, two Andrew Dice Clay albums. I, I mean, I don't know how you do that. <clears throat> I will say this: he also produced Slayer. Slayer, one of the more overrated bands of all time. Dude, I like Slayer. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna ar- or disagree with you on every single thing today. <laughs> You're gonna be contrarian. <laughs> Let's see. I know. Didn't he produce? Uh, Kid Rock's uh, American Badass. Oh, I bet he did. He also did some... U- He's got some U2 and Linkin Park sprinkled in the mix. Would, would y'all say that Rick Rubin was like low-key and high-key, the uh, the eminent vibes curator of like the late 20th century? So it seems he, like. He could be. Well, I mean, I don't know how you get into a position like that without having some technical expertise, right? Unless you just like really convincingly... I don't know. I guess you're like really able to convince people that you know what is going to sound good. I mean, I guess if you have like, okay, what I'm saying is like he he would need a sidekick, right? Like someone who knows how to turn the knobs and push the the levers on the mix board. Well, once you've sold enough vibes, you can afford to have a knobs guy. Who's his knobs guy? You talking about? I, I don't know, really. It's like a Jack Kirby to his stand. Yeah, he league, needs he needs know? a knobs guy. Like if you're gonna, he needs the guy who actually does shit. Yeah, dude. Someone personally, uh, I hate this criticism for a couple reasons. One, it's sort of it's sort of denoting the end of the ideas guy. 
You know, mm. like there was a time when a man could get paid for his wins. Mm. And yeah, now... Yeah. <laughs> well, let me ask you a question about that, Tom, because I was thinking about that the other day. Uh, I'm writing again, writing This was fiction. my retirement plan, to by be the way. To be an idea. paid man. off my whims. Well, whims well, well, this is the thing. It's like back in the day, right? Like you could be... Because like... I'm writing stories now, right? And I'm like, dude, nobody's going to read this shit anymore. It would be really tight if back in the day you could just be the town thinker, right? You could be the public intellectual, right? right? You didn't even have to really produce anything, right? But these people were only able to do that because they were, like, patronized or funded by, like, wealthy and rich fucking people, you know? Right, right. Where they Which had the time to do that about, shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? says something I mean, really about how... The whole sort of like art versus commerce and like how the the interplay between those two things goes. I think you're right. I think we did get back to where every town had a public intellectual. And I really think that's what Taylor Sheraton's trying to do with Tulsa King uh, with Sylvester Stallone. (laughs) I think Dwight Manfredi is just Tulsa's sort of public intellectual. Intellectual, yeah. Yeah. Well, in that show, okay. So, for those that have seen the, program. does that mean that Rick Rubin was someone, some towns intellectual, and they sent him, like he was Robespierre or something, to Nashville? Yeah. Say, go make us proud, Rick. Yeah. Go make, go make us proud, and go, you know, bring back good go, vibes. Go spread the yeah. word. Rick yeah. Rubin's an interesting cat. I think he was kind of came up in the Brooklyn punk scene, right? And then like discovered Beastie Boys famously, discovered Run DMC. With Russell Simmons. Oh, okay. And they found a Def Jam. That's what you got to do then. You have to discover someone early on, and then... Mm. So, he got in on the ground floor rap, basically. Well, that's my vibes. He kind of mainstreamed rap, basically. That's kind of like how... why, Why he's rich is not vibes. He's rich because, basically, he, along with Russell Simmons, really were able to, like... They discovered, think about who they discover. Hello, Cool J, Run DMC, like a murderer's row of like the early rap guys that really pioneered rap. Well, it also like took it mainstream. Yeah. Right. Yeah, like outside yeah. of like just some, some 12 inches here and there and like, you know, block mm. parties and all that, like really made it a genre. And not for nothing, it's still the biggest selling genre to this day. Damn, you know man. I mean? So it's like in perpetuity. Wow. Those guys are eating, you know? Man, can you... You got me thinking, man. Like, like the way that he was able to kind of tap this, like, nascent success. You know what I mean? Like, around this yeah. nascent subculture before it became mainstream. To help it become mainstream. It feels like there's no more, like, lands to conquer. There's no more mountains to conquer. You know what I'm saying? No more plateaus, you know? like yeah, It's like I, going to the moon when you're 27. What are you going to do? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like what did we go uh, go to space camp? Were you like thirty five? Anytime you're burdened down with with the heavy hand of time coming for you, just think about that. It's be like, well, at least I'm not uh, Buzz Aldrin, Uh, uh, you know, or or did he go to the moon or who was it? it, Neil Armstrong, Neil Armstrong, Neil Armstrong doesn't who who claim who is credited with going to the moon, but publicly claims that we never went and. What? Like, wasn't it Aldrin where he was like, no, um, Jay Leno or something? No, he was it wasn't like, Aldrin because someone confronted him and said that we didn't actually go, and Buzz Aldrin knocked him out. He, he knocked pissed. him out. Yeah, he knocked him out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah he got Wait, so hold on. 
Wait, this is a whole different tip. So wait, a dude went to the mood and then somehow came back a years later. Said One that of we the didn't guys go? that went to the I moon. mean, if it was you, put yourself in his shoes. If you went to the moon and came back, like, would you believe it? I, I don't think I would. I'd be like, <laughs> yeah, that, that didn't happen. <laughs> that was a fever dream. Yeah. I was in a fugue state. <laughs> mm-hmm. This is when the CIA was experimenting with LSD. <laughs> Uh, uh, one of them I think one of them was like somebody had said made the comment to him like oh I saw you like on the moon he's like no you didn't because we didn't have cameras like that in the 60s what you saw was like a reproduction of us going to the moon or I saw you on well, the actually, moon. hey I saw you down at the bar I saw you in the moon this weekend I went to the moon and no I looked out the you. window and saw no you up there you're just walking around that would be the damnedest thing is to to accomplish a feat that, like, not many people get to do, and then nobody saw it. It wasn't recorded for posterity. Nah, man. Yeah, dude. That's like that's like when uh, I catch something before it falls. You yeah, know? like, and I yeah. look around, and nobody saw like, that shit. So, what would have happened if they would have left Earth and forgot the camera? Like, ah, fuck. We God. gotta go back, like, man. Neil forgot the camera. You go <laughs> You're never gonna believe this. <laughs> But y'all know though that uh, I think I think Kubrick actually like he was in the NASA control center or whatever, kind of like managing like the camera, you know what I mean, and like the shots and shit like that because like they wanted it to look cinematic, you know? Huh? Yeah. So they got a film, an actual filmmaker, to set up the shots in such a way that would make it look like okay, like a fucking you know, like the most cinematic and theatrical it could. Well, look they should have like. got a guy like Rick Rubin who didn't know what he was doing. And was just going for vibes. <laughs> you, that would have been a much better. He's like, guys, I would tell you up front, you've hired me as your camera guy, but I have no technical expertise. But I just feel like I know what this moon landing should look like. I'm getting it on the ground floor. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, uh, people were really mad that Rick Rubin would have the audacity to cop to having uh, basically no... Yeah, technical expertise in the field that he is renowned for. That should be inspiring. Yeah, you're right. It should be inspiring. Like, nobody, like, look at fucking, uh, look at, like, my boy George Santos or some shit, you know what I'm saying? Just faking his whole way, you know, through his career that, and shit. Yeah, you know? that... Not to say Rick Rubin fake shit, but you know what I mean? Like... That, to me, is way more impressive. Yeah. People yeah. Do, don't well, know what the fuck they're doing, and they're just, like, winging it, and they're just like, hey, yeah. <laughs> And, he, and then one day you wake up and you're a, a fucking representative. Yeah. yeah. Would you rather have been the producer of Blood Sugar Sex Magic or assume the reins of power? <laughs> I don't know. It's kind I of mean, a lateral what? move when you get right down. <laughs> I mean, honestly, who has more power, though? Rick Rubin, definitely. Rick Rubin has more of a lasting impact and legacy than George Santos. Seems Santo more at peace with what, himself, what, too. I have to say what's that. It, like, yeah. what's the historiography on Red Hot Chili Peppers? Like, are they surely the kids aren't like bumping red hot chili peppers as they leave the parking lot after school these days like uh, like it feels like one of those man. flash in the pan bands like i don't like they were huge for like 10 15 years right but like you, you mean like it only could have existed at the time like it's like uh, i'm trying to think of an example like i don't know think about like 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 a voice machine an answering machine you know what yeah. i'm saying 
Like them shits, that shit popped up in a flash in the pan at one historical moment and juncture, and then nobody well, uses those shits anymore. You know. Listen, y'all say that, all right, yeah. but it seems like every four or five years the Chili Peppers come with like a like a uh-huh. huge record. Yeah. Like everybody thought, oh, blood sugar, sex, magic. That's it, man. And then they closed their fucking eyes, man. The stadium Arcadium was there. One well, day. I think everybody's like, God, <laughs> God damn, please, the boys have blown my dick off again. I think you're missing a few steps. Wasn't there Californication? Oh, yeah, that's right. It was in between. People say since at least 1999, Ruben has been criticized by listeners for contributing to a phenomenon in music known as the loudness war in which the dynamic range of recorded music is compressed and sometimes clipped in order to increase the general loudness. Albums produced by Ruben (laughs) that have been criticized for such treatment include the following. Californication by Red Hot Chili Peppers. Tim Anderson of The Guardian criticized its, quote, excessive compression and distortion, and Stylus Magazine said that it suffered from so much digital clipping that, quote, even non-audiophile consumers complained about it. Uh, uh, Hold up. Hold up, motherfuckers complaining about rock music being loud? Is that what I'm hearing? <laughs> it's too loud. And the, the whites have sensitive ears, which you gotta understand. <laughs> we weren't we weren't we weren't bred for it, man. I don't know. When I lived with my eardrums. When I lived with Tom, it'd be like eight in the morning and this motherfucker would just put on like fucking future or something and like cranking it up as that's because i'm deaf i can't hear shit so, <laughs> like i started at 22 <laughs> terrence would just it'd be getting the crust out of his eyes and just hear i just fucked your bitch it's some gucci flip-flops mm. emanating from the kitchen <laughs> that's a hell of a way to wake up though Oh, shit. I, it, it makes sense though that Rick Rubin is quoted as saying ACDC is his favorite band. He thinks ACDC is the greatest band of all time because clearly the man makes music for stadium acts. Yeah, yeah. He, he, sound, he sounds Kid like Rock. the Michael Bay of music. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess that's probably a fair comparison. <laughs> Did you not like his Johnny Cash records? I'm Johnny Cash. Who the the Rick the Rick Rubin Johnny Cash record? Yeah, yeah, right. well, didn't they do that? Uh, what was the Nine Inch Nails hurt? Yeah, it was good. I didn't know that music was getting louder. TVs, TVs getting TVs getting quieter, getting quiet. Music's turning and darker up. and darker, man. Hmm. Like, I, I can never see anything anymore. It is true. I I fucking hate watching TV. And like, when there's a disparity between the like, the commercial volume and the TV volume, and it mm-hmm. like cuts to commercial or whatever, and it's like blows you out of the house. But then like you go yeah. back to the show and you have to like really lean in to hear what they're saying. Nah, bro. And then I got to turn on subtitles. Yeah. But then I'm caught between looking at the subtitles and watching what's on the screen. So I turn the subtitles off and then I turn it back on because it's too low. I hate that shit, man. Seems like if you were a sound guy worth half a fuck, you would just be raking in the dough right now because. Whoever they should doing get Rick sound TV, be... these guys, these motherfuckers need to be excommunicated. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't they just get Rick Rubin, man? He needs to he needs to make that lateral move into sound production for movies and TV. That's right, that's right. Shut up. Anyway, oh, the privilege discourse was was yeah was interesting around. I I mean I feel like that's a slippery slope because Rick Rubin's Jewish, and so like basically. What they're saying mm-hmm. is that like he only got 
famous and successful because Jews run because he's the Jewish. music industry. They run the world. I feel like that's yeah. what's implied. So it's a slippery that's slope true. once you start. Six degrees, everything, like I said before, man, everything is six, seven degrees away from uh, racism, from bigotry, man. Even privileged discourse. Even privileged dudes. Even a, even a rich white dude like Rick Rubin, see? Hmm. Unbelievable. Well, it's hilarious because uh, 80% of the people lodging these complaints also are into Crystal, so it's like, <laughs> which is fine, which is fine. Also, listen, I'm not knocking it. That's fine. But you got to call it both ways, Straps. <laughs> you can't be a vibes person and throw, throw stuck cast stones at other vibes people. <laughs> throw crystals at other vibes people? Yeah. I guess I've never th- <laughs> thought about it, but like, are crystals harvested in the same industrial manner as like diamonds and shit? Like, are there like abhorrent working conditions in the crystal mines? Oh, yeah. my God. Like, are, are people like losing limbs to like... Uh, to fucking stock to get, these that goddamn witchcraft stores. <laughs> it's, a, it's a it's a fair inquiry. Are they are they like uh, uh, stealing these crystals that are looked at as like uh, precious spiritual religious objects? You know, yeah, you got to figure that out. Hmm. I don't know. Yeah, somebody uh, emaciated just because you have to, you know, consult the wisdom. You know. <laughs> Got to look into it, I say. Yeah, I agree. We uh, all have privilege, man. Um, yeah, you got you got crystal <laughs> privilege. <laughs> you got spiritual privilege. <laughs> that's, that's a funny concept. <laughs> Imagine what if, you got what, privilege because you're more at peace. You, you if, more spiritually at peace than me. <laughs> what if not? Not from like like absent any like sort of racial or cultural factors or anything, but like yeah. what if like religions jockeyed for like class standing? You know, what like, I mean? like like we, like like what terms? Like who has the most like members or like. Well, the funny thing is, is I'm a Pentecostal, right? I was raised Pentecostal, uh, which is generally looked at as a poor man's religion, right? <laughs> Yet. <laughs> like the great value, like like the great value, uh, what other denomination? Right. The store know, store brand. Uh, Protestant is not. Pro- yeah, well, it's sort of, well, Pentecostal is sort of on the margins of, of Protestantism. But anyway. Yeah. Yet. All the preachers are like all the TV preachers and all that stuff belong to that denomination. Like all the people that like flaunt their wealth like gratuitously, you know. Yeah, it's an interesting thing to think about. Like, what if, what if we just enter like our individual faiths in the privilege discourse? Mm-hmm, yeah, if you have more privilege because uh, like, do Muslims uh, enjoy privileges that I don't? That I, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> well, they're getting into heaven. That's a well, that's, <laughs> get it oh, that's true. We're not. So. <laughs> yeah, we're not. There's there's one thing right off the bat. <laughs> <laughs> oh oh shit, man. Oh man, yeah. Um uh, I, st- I still haven't uh speaking of religion, I still haven't uh, I've been shopping around for uh, belief systems uh-huh. man, and uh, haven't haven't come upon any yet, man. There's you, know? you got to keep trying. There's a lot out there. A whole lot. Have you tried Zoroastrianism? That one is... No, that one sounds dope. Right? Uh, Isn't that like the original like religion? the original... <laughs> like that the first religion? The original monotheism. 
They the don't, OG body. Yeah. They don't really recruit, but their numbers are dwindling at a rate that you might have a puncher's chance of them changing the rules. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You think you think I could be a, a Zoroastrian uh, te- televangelist? That would be t- that would be interesting, to say the least. <laughs> like you would get, I think they bury people in towers, right? Don't they like bury you in a tower? Was that was that it? Okay. Like they. I think so. You, they put you on top of a tower, and vultures come by and pick you apart. I think that's what it was. Like a ziggurat type of shit? Yeah. That would be so yeah. fucking cool. So what if instead really of a truly. mega church, I had just had a ziggurat? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, you deserve a ziggurat. You do deserve a ziggurat. <laughs> I think I do deserve a ziggurat. <laughs> yeah. Shit, man. I'm sure uh, that shit would be tax exempt, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Somebody should test the waters, man. Because I know that uh, that Church of Satan built that uh, statue of Satan in front of a, what was it? Louisiana Church House or so? Or no, the Oklahoma. Uh, State House or some sh- Oklahoma, Oklahoma. Okay. Yeah. What else yeah. you looking into? Mm, Besides know, Zoroastrianism and. No, man. Dot, dot, dot. Th- thinking of like, uh, like uh, animism, man. Well, I don't know if that's a religion so much as a belief system. The know? same thing. All right. Yeah, right. That everything has its own little life in it, you know? All life is precious. Is that like, oh, yeah. uh, what's it called? Pantheism? I don't know, what's that? Yeah, I think that like everything is God. Or like Jainism, I guess, too? Oh, uh, yeah. Jainism's a little different. I knew a Jain, actually named Dr. Jane. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you knew a Jain named Dr. Jane? I so, don't remember much, except he didn't eat meat. And in particular, he didn't eat... Uh, can't, can't I just remember him that. taking us out to dinner, and I was like, "What are you gonna get? You gonna get this?" He's like, "No, no, I, I don't." I'm because mm, he's a Jane. Place. Yeah. See, man, that's the thing. I'm a, I'm not a picky eater, but uh, if I subscribe to any faith, I, I gotta be able to eat meat, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah you gotta you gotta eat the swine, yo. <laughs> so, so instantly, <laughs> Islam and Judaism out. Thought, of, thought about the nation, man, but I was like, <sighs> you would look good like, in the attire, though. I have to say, you would. I think, I think I would, man. I think uh, I would. I think yeah, I would. they have definitely have the best style. I have. We'll, yeah, we'll yeah. say that. Yeah. Oh shit! You know, or I could just like I don't know, man. Like we live in this era era of pastiches and mashing shit together, you know. Maybe just uh, throw a little uh, Zoroastrianism in it. You know? A lesson. So, Don't take this as a, as a, an offense, but what about Rastafarianism? Seems like you're a natural fit. Yeah, yeah. Man, I've, I've, you know, I've genuinely thought about that before. Like, seriously? Because I used well, I to mean, have a you, friend. Jamaica, where you got the Ethiopian connection, right? And I smoke weed all the time. Mm-hmm. You just, I fuck with lions. Do you believe that Emperor Haile Selassie was Jesus Christ reincarnate? That's really the deciding factor. Look at them short. <laughs> if, you, if you can get over that hump and forget what happened during the Second Abyssinian Italo War, then you know, <laughs> might be it might be the stop for you. You know, the diet oh. seems like I, I do. I think the Etal diet is pretty tight. I used to eat at this Etal restaurant in Las Vegas. It was like always like good. And you left not only full, but feeling like I made a good choice today. Kind of like when you like fuck with a rubber. 
You're like, yeah. you know, yeah. <laughs> I don't really have anything to worry about, really. That's yeah. <laughs> like, you're proud of yourself for making an adult decision. <laughs> I took care of myself. I yeah. looked out for myself. <laughs> yeah. I looked out for my future self. Right. Mm-hmm. Nah, man, I had a, I had a homegirl who uh, uh, I used to go over there, and uh, she used to braid my hair when I had hair. And uh, her parents were Rastafarians, and they used to have, like, a picture above the door of Hail Selassie and the fucking lions. You yeah. know what I mean? And, like, I didn't know anything about, like, you know, like, what the specific tenets of Rastafarianism was. But uh, the food was really good. And, of yeah. course, they smoked a lot of weed. But the food was awesome, man. Yeah. Food really good. Also, I mean, you know, Selassie is, you know, as far as emperors go, he's an interesting cat. Uh, mm. Again, if you're erasing from your mind that the yeah. strange bedfellows, the second Italo-Abyssinian war made... You know, he did sort of like, I guess one of his things that he did was he he uh, liberalized Ethiopia's like educational system because he wanted people to have like university educations and access to knowledge. He allowed Marxism to be taught in universities, which really? would probably be unwise <laughs> because... <laughs> Because he let Marxism be taught, and then they ousted him. But as far as ousting goes, like it was a pretty decent one because he got to live in his in his state with his lions for the rest of his days. He just didn't run shit. So hmm. he didn't try to fight back. He didn't try to try to have a, a counter coup. I I don't know. I just remember that like the sort of the the Ethiopian one of the Ethiopian revolutions was just led by some like shithead college students that learned Marx after he had liberalized <laughs> education. <laughs> but Ethiopia, oh man, the danger so. of woke college campuses, man. You know, it, that brings up an interesting. Have you tried wokeism? Because it's a religion, apparently. They wokeism, wokeism is a religion. Have you thought? I don't know if you thought about that. No, no. What is what is it? What does that entail? What are what are the tenets of wokeism? Well, the first thing is you got to go uh, to the pharmacy and take an mRNA virus uh, mm. jab. Yeah, that's the first thing. You must be infected with the woke mind virus to go any further in the faith. Yeah, mm-hmm. I have to infect myself. Okay. Yeah, you have to give yourself. Um, you have to be vaccine injured to carry on in the faith. <laughs> So, yeah, that's the first thing. And then you, you get the shakes, like you get the shakes. You start seizing up. Yeah. Dude, that was so funny. Why do they always go to that? Like, anytime somebody wait, wait, wants wait. to point out like the dangers of the vaccine, they always so show, like show somebody like like they've got Parkinson's or something. Because that's the only that's the only thing you can do. I mean, what are you going to do? You're going to throw up, right? You're going to make yourself throw yeah. up. Yeah, you can't. Like, I guess it's the only like visually. Yeah, like would you go tell somebody thing, like yeah, yeah? Would you go tell somebody you're to have the seizure? Like nah, you'd be like okay, like or maybe he's doing the Harlem Shake. I don't know. Yeah, or maybe if you pan down, he was like doing the shake weight. Or something. <laughs> there is that interesting article in the New York Times about a scientific. It was hold on, the New York Times. What happened to all all of science's big breakthroughs? A new study finds a steady drop since 1945 in disruptive feats as a share of the world's booming enterprise in scientific and technological Wait advancement. Wait a second. So they're saying we haven't made actually made that much ground since 1945. Uh-uh. Are they saying that, like, like 
so the the, the that technological because isn't it something like Moore's law, like technolo about in, exponential technological progress or something like that? So are they saying like that has slowed significantly since World War Two? Yeah, they're saying science is out of business. Science is out of business. All right, clean up shop. Well, this That's is it. a far cry from what we've been taught. Like, all we've been taught is that science is all the time making these new advancements. And all of a sudden, we're in a fucking viral wasteland. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's Nobody knows where it's safe to go and not. Yeah, yeah. I mean, now, nah, man, it's, it's, a, it's after all that shit they found after Roswell, man. Mm-hmm. They've, they've used, used up all it. the technology after <laughs> they the, used it all up. They used it all up <laughs> in the 2000s. The last thing was the iPhone that came out. <laughs> the the, God, the man, that is you. true. The alien that landed did have an iPhone, but it was like an iPhone three, and they were like, "We can improve upon this." <laughs> they started with <laughs> the iPhone three. I, well, like that was their first phone right out of the gate. I guess. I mean, well, they had to make it. It was called iPhone. They had to make it. They had to make it look like it had, uh, was their idea, so they had an iPhone one based on the uh, aliens iPhone three. The alien. So 3. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. by the time we got to our iPhone three, that was like their iPhone one, basically. Yeah, those are iPhone one, basically. Yeah. I remember yeah. reading in the Steve Jobs biography <laughs> that he basically lifted the idea for the iPad from Xerox. Like Xerox had a patent on the iPad technology yes. in 1977 and yeah. Steve Jobs was touring the Xerox facility and I guess lingered a little long at the <laughs> little screen that you use your finger well, on you, and said you he know was what? just printing <laughs> shit out in 30 years <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah he's like hey could you run off a copy of this for me and it's he puts his ass on the glass <laughs> 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 His narrow, wrinkly mm. ass. <laughs> Steve Jobs just running off a bunch of copies of his ass. Copies of this little, of his, little, little, little bit of his balls in the The iPhone is with the iPad is here, folks. Yeah, but that hey, listen. But see, this is this is kind of what we were saying before with Rick with Rick Rubin. It's like like not even just vibes, but also just being at the right place at the right historical time. You know. Nobody's coming up with iPhones anymore. You see, that's why there's no more scientific breakthroughs, man. All the Steve Jobs, uh, like all of our great uh, civil rights leaders, man, they've been murdered or died or exiled yeah. or shamed. Mm-hmm. Or, or all those. Yeah, well, it's a, weird <laughs> it's a weird time. I remember. Do you remember, like, I guess, as, hell, that's probably seven, eight years ago, whatever, when the Ebola scare, that guy got on the plane with Ebola and the world kind of stopped moving for about half an hour. Mm -hmm. And Obama said, listen, we've got this nipped in the bud. <laughs> and I remember sitting Terrence down at Dairy Queen and voicing my concerns <laughs> with the pending Ebola crisis. I said, you don't think this is, you don't think, you think he's got us, don't you? You think Obama's going to take care of this, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> what was my response? <laughs> I can't remember where you landed on it, <laughs> but I remember very vocally saying, man, I'm worried about Ebola. Well, that, think Obama's going to handle that's it. That's the thing. People don't realize that's what George Bush was dealing with on 9-11. It's like all, there was a few people on all those planes that had Ebola, and he had to do something with them. He couldn't just let them land. So that's why he crashed yeah. them into the towers. He's like, this is the path of least resistance. It's harm reduction. He called 9-11 was harm reduction for George Bush. It was harm yeah. reduction. It's like we kill 
1,500 white-collar criminals. <laughs> or or this gets out in the general population, spreads like wildfire. Yep. I can't have that on me. That I know that 3,000 or 3 billion. You choose. You know? Yep. It's like it's kind of like the conceit of that new Shyamalan movie. I seen the previews for that, starring Dave Bautista. What that nine eleven was harm reduction? <laughs> <laughs> What's the twist at the end? What's the Shyamalan twist? <laughs> yeah, that's the twist. Was, uh, <laughs> I think it's called Knock at the Cabin Door or something like that. Okay. But basically, I guess from the trailer, it looks like this family goes and vacations in this cabin in the woods, and Dave Bautista and company step up and say, listen, one of you has to be a sacrifice, otherwise civilization's going to end. And every time they tell them no, like some sort of major catastrophe happens that kills like hundreds of thousands of people, it's like, do you believe oh, us shit. now? Mm-hmm. Do you believe and us now? And one of them has to go in order and to make this happen? One of them has happen? to go. It's like a daughter, a father, and presumably either a brother or uncle or father with mm. no child present. Mm-hmm. You got to pick the oldest person. What do you do in that situation? Wasn't this a movie about the Holocaust called Sophie's Choice? Didn't they have to like <laughs> pick? Yeah, I, I don't think <laughs> I don't think. Yeah, I don't think they're reinventing the wheel here with this. Wait, they named the Holocaust movie Sophie's Choice? Yeah, you never seen that movie with Meryl Streep? Oh, Why well, about thinking of Emily? I'm thinking of Emily's List, y'all. Never, I forget it. <laughs> That's <laughs> a different. <laughs> I don't think that has, has to do with the Holocaust. Emily's List is that like a? <laughs> is it that like one of those groups that like hires women to run for office? I, I think so. <laughs> I think so. I think Emily's same list same is like, shit same shit. It's same like shit. where you go to find a contractor in your neighborhood. So like Patrick. Yeah, Reed, yeah. Is that Angie's yeah. list? Yeah, that's Angie's. There's too Angie's many list. lists. There's list. too many lists. Schindler's list. Yeah, way too keep that's up. That's the Holocaust way. Schindler's way list. too many lists. <laughs> there was there was a number of years before I had uh, was aware of what Sophie's Choice was. Where like somebody would use like it as like a cat, like a turn of phrase, and I'd be like, "Oh yeah, sounds like a Sophie's choice to me." <laughs> <laughs> Probably another one of those I was using wrong for a long time. Hey, it's all it's based on a book by a guy named William Styron, who wrote a book. So his name not even Sophie. His name wasn't even Sophie. His name was not even Sophie. How dare he write a book? How am I supposed to believe anything that he I know. says? He also <laughs> to wrote. Bring this full circle. When y'all were talking about William Gibson earlier, I almost chimed in. Was like, "Oh, William Styron." Mm. <laughs> I thought he, I thought he was the one that wrote uh, ne- ne- uh, Necromancer and all. That. Yeah, he did. William Styron. Uh, Neuromancer. Neuromancer written by ne- William Styron would be crazy. <laughs> <laughs> William Styron wrote a book called Confessions of Nat Turner, which was very controversial. Because he wrote it from first, Wait, hold on. he wrote it from the first person point of view of Nat Turner, and you can probably guess William William Stern was not black. Ah, uh, interesting choice. But I mean, I have like, to say, was it good? I, I read the book and I thought it was great, but I was like twenty. Yeah, it's like I was very convinced. <laughs> <laughs> was it was it was it was it Robert Dowdy Jr. in Tropic Thunder <laughs> levels of like you know what I'm saying? I don't like was it was it like if I read it and I didn't know that he was a black guy, would you think that it would be would you think I'd be convinced? I, dude, that's a great question. It might be an interesting litmus test. I shouldn't have told you about it and I should have just given you the book. 
Just be like, like scratched off the author's <laughs> name and like the bio page and everything. Give it to Aaron to read and say, hey, what do you think? Well, I think, <laughs> hey, a brother wrote this? Part of, yeah, part of what was controversial was he has. <laughs> He's got like kind of like a gay sex scene where Nat Turner has like a, like a gay, um, you know, like early age, like teenage, like a homoerotic love thing, and and yeah. people are like Nat Turner, by all appearances, apparently wasn't gay. <laughs> Was he but are you? I mean, maybe it's fanfic though. Yeah, that's what, bro, you gotta you gotta take some liberties, yeah. dog. Like you already you already put yourself in shoes of black man. Like you might as well just you know. Yeah, you're already going down that road. <laughs> <laughs> you're already on that slippery slope. Might as well ride it on that. <laughs> I know. I got. Yeah, I got. I gotta give it to him because like. It's pretty audacious. It's like I'm gonna write a book about one of the most well-known like slave rebellion leaders in American history from the point of view. <laughs> He's a gay man. <laughs> Yo, you know, you know, you know how people, you know how people get like all tight. They be like, oh, well, if you're not like, if you're not like a, a black woman, you can't write from the perspective of a black woman he was like nah fuck that oh man. yeah he- not <laughs> only not only am i a slave trying to get free i'm a gay slave Like he was convinced he got one off, right? And then he was like, "Nah, I got it. I I gotta add it's something. It's, something miss, it's else. missing something. Something's missing here. <laughs> <laughs> Need some juicons or whatever the fuck they call that shit, yo. Yeah. I'm gonna be the guy oh inspired by him. I'm just gonna write historical fiction from the perspective of." Historical figures that, by all appearances, were straight, but as if they were gay. But that's just going to be my genre. <laughs> what, what, what's the first? What's the first historical figure you would hit to write about? Oh, man. I started, I started to say Shakespeare, but I think I think the verdicts kind of in on him. I think that would be a little too on the nose. He's <laughs> didn't, didn't Shakespeare give his bed away to like his friend, his best friend, or something? Mm. <laughs> In his will? <laughs> what about Genghis Khan? Dude, no one writes those lines. I mean, come on. <laughs> Read that. Yeah, God, yeah, yeah, come yeah, on. Straight man didn't write that. <laughs> <laughs> if Genghis Khan were gay, we probably wouldn't be here. It's the damnedest thing. That's, That's why it would make compelling historical fiction, in my opinion. Exactly, exactly. All right, Title so it like Genghis Khan. Book one. Genghis Gus Khan. That's a good title. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and every title has to be a play on. Ernest Hemingway, Ernest Hemingway. Oh, yeah, Ernest there we go. <laughs> 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 Gay Dolph Hitler. Uh, you can do that. <laughs> <laughs> now, how would history be different? Hey, the first person. Wait, I, 
Nah, I, I, maybe, maybe I'm like, maybe I'm thinking of something that definitely is not true. But I thought I could, I thought I heard that uh, uh there were uh, rumors or uh, speculation that Hitler was a uh, Hitler's gay. Mm. He definitely liked teenage girls. Homoerotic. I know that. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. yeah. Seemed to only date like fourteen-year-olds and shit. Well, James Baldwin stuck up for William Styron. I think everybody else was like, dude, what the fuck are you doing? Like Amiri Baraka and shit. They were like, what the fuck are you doing? But <laughs> James Baldwin rode for him till the very end. <laughs> well, James Baldwin is a gay black dude, so I mean, hey, that's all you fucking need, yo. That's hey, all you need. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. What can you say to that? What can you say to James like, Baldwin? The goat signs off on it. <laughs> 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 Jay's ball was like, don't worry about them crackers. It's fine, yo. It's good. It's good. You're good. You're good. Yo, you're good. You're good. <laughs> yo, I want to read that book now, bro. Every time you kept saying it too, man, I kept thinking about the movie Birth of a Nation. Not the, not the, not the, uh, not the W, W, D, W, was it W, D Griffith or whatever? Not that. Yeah. Not the race. I'm talking story. about. Yeah, not the racist one. I'm talking about the not racist one that they made a couple uh, years yeah. ago. Oh, yeah, a few years ago. Yeah, yeah. But I kept thinking about what if he was gay in that movie, though, you know? How much better that movie would have been. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what, ha- there, what, what was the controversy with that movie? But Wasn't there something what, that happened? Yeah, I think it's like the the actor they had cast for like the main lead role. I think he was like canceled or something. Like I think he'd done something. Oh, he does I think something he got cancelable. accused of sexual assault in college or something, something like, like that. that. Oh, shit. Or something. Yeah, Dude, I can't remember. But. I'm reading a book uh, a, that's historical fiction from the point of uh, view of John Brown's third oldest son. It's called... His third oldest? Yeah, it's called Cloud That's Splitter. so specific. <laughs> it's, uh, it's interesting because, like... I mean, he did a lot of research for it, the writer, Russell Banks. He just died, like, two weeks ago. And I've had the book on my shelf mm. for a long time, and I was like, damn, all right, I'll read it. Um, but it's interesting because, like, there's, like, one section where he, like, heavily implies that, like, Nathaniel Hawthorne knocked up his um, sister-in-law's daughter. It's, like, kind of, like, okay. heavily implies that. It's, like... Dude, like you can just okay, maybe that was a rumor or something at the time. I don't know, but it is funny how like he didn't just pull that out of nowhere. Though, you know, <laughs> it would be funny. Yeah, that's oddly that's oddly specific. Like he was sitting on that shit for a long. It time. It would be funny. I mean, it is a funny concept though that you can just make shit up if you're writing historical fiction. It's like no one's gonna do shit. Like what's oh, gonna no. happen? You go, look, you go. They all dead. Plus, like the way that we perceive time, where all of these past events are piled on top of one another. Nobody could even, like, what are you going to do? You're going to do the genealogy? You're going to go to fucking, like, like 23andMe.com uh-huh. or some shit like that and find out? Nobody's going to do that shit, bro. Mm-hmm. No. Well, and, and the other thing is, it's just like, <laughs> none of us sort of, a- after you're dead, you don't control the narrative anymore. You know, anybody can say nah. any goddamn thing they want to about you. What would be funny is if you were airing historical <laughs> dirty laundry but under the guise of historical fiction, That's, but actually you knew it to be true. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you were, you were like, you were like, uh, you were like, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, man? Damn. Never mind. Forget it. I forgot. Like, I forgot the like, term for it. Uh, <clears throat> you know, you, Karl Marx and Abraham Lincoln had a correspondence that you know about, but there's, yeah, uh, there was the dirty, there's the dirty letters too. <laughs> Hey, that might have each other's sex. That might have been true for Walt Whitman and Abe Lincoln. 
Yeah. Walt Whitman was obsessed with Abe Lincoln. He loved him. He was, was, he he was really? in love with him, yeah. Like, mm. actually in love with him? Yeah, he was. Unrequited. Were they alive at the same time? They were. They were? Yeah. Okay. I have a friend that went to Walt Whitman High School in, like, Maryland. And Westboro Baptist Church protested their high school, like, in the 2000s. Because Walt Whitman was gay. I, I'm, I was just about to say to you, like, I'm surprised that there hasn't been a resurgence of anger at Walt Whitman High School. Well, there you go. Mm-hmm. Like, what what happened? Let me not give many ideas. What happened to the Westboro people? Did it, like... Do what do that flash in the pan, like just like red hot chili peppers? <laughs> they are yeah, produced by Rick Rubin, Westboro Baptist Church. Right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know what's up. What's up with the 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 Westboro uh, Westboro Baptist Church? Tell that one dude died, and then I think it kind of fell apart after that. I feel like his his boys didn't really have the wherewithal to keep it going. But you did see those motherfuckers. Those motherfuckers would come to our campus all the time. Mm-hmm. I was. Uh, I think they might be. I was accosted by about a five foot four Nigerian <laughs> preacher that was from Westboro Baptist, and he was talking about um, gay sex. And I, <laughs> I was walking by. I'll never forget it. I was walking by. I had, had two boxes of candy. I selling candy for. Uh, uh, I forget what it was for some charity. We were raising my fraternity was raising money for or something like that. And then he started like just yelling about gay sex, and I could just remember thinking, "I don't have it." And then just sit, just seeing two goddamn boxes of Twizzlers, and I don't. Like, now listen, I know what this looks like. It's your fruity ass. What uh, do y'all want to know? Why scientific breakthroughs are declining since 1945? It's not a long article. I'll, I'll just give you the high points. Um, miracle vaccines, video phones in our pockets, reusable rockets. What is that? Is that a reference to Elon Musk? Wait, reusable rockets. Reusable rockets. Yeah, that sounds like an awful Elon Musk. Idea. A carnival. Well, that's what the, Musk is, what is doing. Re- I missed this. Mm. Yeah, yeah. The the Falcon Nine rocket. You could uh, unlike. You know, other rockets or whatever you could reuse. Yeah. That's why uh, we use it to go to the space station and shit like that. Well, I'm just gonna say, uh, if I developed a vehicle that's famous for <laughs> for uh, what do you call it when somebody just randomly catches on fire, it's spon- yeah, like combust- self- spontaneously combust. Yeah, spontaneously self immolation. Spontaneous. Com- yeah, if I was if I made a product that famously catches on fire a disproportionate amount of times to other competitors, I'd probably just make sure that I I could come up with a single use rocket first. <laughs> yeah, I, be before I conquered other worlds. You know what I mean. Uh-huh. <laughs> Um, our technological bounty and its related blur of scientific progress seem undeniable and unsurpassed. Yet analysts now report that the overall pace of real breakthroughs has fallen dramatically over the past three quarters of a century. This month, tr- this month in the journal Nature, the report's researchers told how their study of millions of scientific papers and patents shows that investigators and inventors have made relatively few breakthroughs and innovations compared with the world's growing mountain. Y'all motherfuckers sleeping. Yeah, yeah. Wake the fuck up. <laughs> start, start inventing. <laughs> like, if you... Like, the guy that... 
the guy that like thinks he's invented an eternal motion machine in his garage is p- pissed the fuck off reading something like he's that. He's yo. He's like, the motherfuckers who just discovered like nuclear fusion are like, yo, what the fuck, dog? He <laughs> about to change the world. Y'all let this out. The, Damn. The, the analysts found a steady drop from 1945 through 2010 in disruptive finds as a share of the Wait, hold adventure. Up. Real quick, can I say real quick too, my bad? Like, the fact that they chose the year that we dropped the atom bomb, <laughs> and they said, well, we did the big one, and then after that, we made no technological progress. <laughs> well, Sal, well, we killed 40,000... <laughs> Killed ten thousand people in like forty seconds, and that, <laughs> that was, was it. Good. That was the that was the that was the zenith, yo. Um, hey, I got a question though. I got a question about that time frame specifically. It feels like to me that that was the golden age of guys that tinkered and tried to invent things. Oh yeah, you're like this right, was bro. like the proliferation of like the made-for-TV products and stuff like that. <laughs> So, this yeah, is when Velcro came out. Yeah, right. Some dude invented Velcro in his basement <laughs> like this. You know what I mean? Did we, inv- did we cure cancer? No, but we got the post-it note in this And we made Teflon. <laughs> Most importantly, we made Teflon. We made, made Teflon <laughs> and many other compounds that are currently taking up <laughs> residence in our tissues and bloodstream right now. But made microplastics? That's true. That's true. My bad, Terrence. Go ahead. It, um... Yeah, it's a, a steady drop in disruptive finds. As I don't even know what a disruptive find is. As a share of the booming venture, suggesting that scientists today are more likely to push ahead incrementally than to make intellectual leaps. We should. God damn, the Democrats have got to them too. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Joe Biden's got the science. It's yep. incrementalism. It seeps into science. <laughs> we should be in a golden age of new discoveries and inv- innovations, said Michael Park, an author of the paper. The new finding of Mr. Park and his colleagues suggests that investments in science are caught in a spiral of diminishing returns and that quantity in some respects is outpacing quality. While unaddressed in the study, it also raises questions about the extent to which science... Uh, can- Park, uh, Parks talk a little reckless for a man that ain't doing shit himself. <laughs> Yeah, you ain't doing nothing, bro. Go invent some shit. Go invent some Velcro. (laughs) (laughs) Sustain the kind of boldness that unlocked the atom and the universe and what can be done to address the shift away from pioneering. All right. Can I I just say again, like, yo, because actually I've been thinking a lot about this, yo, like, like, uh, as I'm trying to, like, you know, write stories about different worlds and possible futures and shit. And, like, a lot of the times when we make big technological breakthroughs like that, it's because we're trying to kill people. You know what well, I mean? Like, the only reason we fucking have the internet, you know what I'm saying, and, like, <clears throat> cell phones and satellites is because motherfuckers Von Braun, like, Werner Von Braun mainly uh-huh. in the United States, wanted to know a way, well, after that, <laughs> wanted to know a way how you could fucking send rockets into space and fall on a different continent, hundreds of thousands. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, yeah. what are you talking about, dog? Unlocking the atom? What did we do with that? We don't have nuclear. We, like, cities don't run on nuclear power. You know what I mean? We still run on electricity. Uh-huh. It was just because we wanted to kill We're people. We're still burning. My bad. This shit pisses me off, bro. <laughs> this shit is fucking stupid. What are you talking Look, about? Listen. I got a question about Werner Von Braun before we go any further. Is he, <laughs> is he the namesake of the line of Braun line of... Beard trimmers and so forth. <laughs> and soap and shit like that. Yeah. Is that him? Yeah. Nah, nah, nah. Uh, don't break my I don't heart. Know I love my brawn beard trim. <laughs> <laughs> well, dude, I love that. I throw it out because I'm an ally. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, uh, go ahead. Derek. Anyway, sorry. Well, I mean, I feel like okay. So you're right. Like in that era, I feel like a lot of innovations were made primarily for two reasons. Actually, they're probably one. They're probably overlapping. It's like to kill a to kill yeah. people, or or b to do eugenics, and like <laughs> which yeah, is just yes. killing people. <laughs> which exactly. in the end, yeah, exactly. But it is interesting, like how they define science. Listen to this: researchers uh, have long sought objective ways to assess the state of science, which is seen as vital to economic growth, national pride, and military strength. It's like, uh, yo, this is some Nazi shit. This is literally the Nazis, yo. It's, it's like maybe, maybe that's our problem. Maybe that after a certain point, there's diminishing returns. Maybe you can only kill people in so many innovative ways, and yeah. try to cull the herd through social science in so many innovative ways. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Also, maybe like maybe it's a good thing that there isn't as much technological progress as like the way they define it because usually that means like using whole entire communities people as like fucking like laboratory was, experiments was, as petri dishes you know say, what i'm saying imagine you're the guy that invented covid-19 you're like what the fuck <laughs> what the damn <laughs> all i was trying to do was some rudimentary gain of function research and i slipped on a banana peel and killed a million people in the united states alone <laughs> don't even get credit for it as a scientific breakthrough yeah, and then you get you get buried in the you know the history books need to need to write that we need to figure out who invented that and give them their due. I got a question. Uh, you mentioned chronic Lyme earlier, and I stuck a pin in this back of my head. Isn't there some evidence that Lyme disease it was a bioweapon? Oh, what? I think so. I think someone sent me an article to that, like in that. Um, yeah, I think so. <clears throat> and and also, isn't it true that we did have a Lyme disease vaccine and then it just kind of inexplicably went away? Yeah, I say that it's not a thing. It probably, it probably, I mean, it's like with, with a lot of like autoimmune stuff, it's like a real thing is going on, but it's just like, what name do you give it? Like, yeah, I, I don't doubt that people that have chronic Lyme disease have like lingering things. I just don't think they have an active infection. Well, that's the yeah, that's the real issue. It's like, does it warrant giving putting someone on strong antibiotics for ten years and increasing the likelihood that antibiotic resistant bacteria will become widespread? Yo, <laughs> like, don't right. even get me don't even get me started on. I'm gonna sound like a conspiracy theorist, but like diseases that attack the immune system like i'm a dumb ass but i'm just like yo them shits exist in nature so you're telling me there's something that's intelligent enough as a virus that can attack but no that's how that's how conspiracy is right well, now but it's like i don't know aids maybe. aids uh, aids yeah, was 1000 percent <laughs> created in the lab like not a doubt in my mind I yeah know. i mean it's like you know all the 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 kooks of the world or the people that we deem kooks in the world or whatever it's like they'll probably all be absolved in the end. <laughs> it's yeah, like yeah, yeah. if if we if our all of our technological innovations are centered around killing people then it's not a great leap to think <laughs> that <laughs> that the pandemic people are might have some cogent points <laughs> um uh, uh. 
Let's see, blah, blah, blah. Defying the er, the surge, <clears throat> experts have debated the value of incremental strides versus eureka moments that change everything known about a field. The new study could deepen the debate. One surprise is that discoveries held popularly as groundbreaking are seen by the authors of the new study as often representing little more than r routine science and true leaps as sometime, sometimes missing altogether from the conversation. For instance, the top breakthrough on the study's list of examples is a gene-splicing advance that's poorly known to popular science. It let foreign DNA be inserted into human and animal cells rather than just bacteria ones. The New York Times referred to it in a 1983 note of four paragraphs. Even so, the feat produced a run of awards for its authors and their institution, Columbia University, as well as almost $1 billion in licensing fees as it lifted biotech operations around the world. In contrast, the analysts would see two of the century's most celebrated findings as representing triumphs of ordinary science rather than edgy leaps. The mRNA vaccines that successfully battled the coronavirus were rooted in decades of unglamorous toil, they noted. So, too, the 2015 observation of gravitational waves was no unforeseen breakthrough, but rather the confirmation of a century-old theory that required decades of hard work, testing, and sensor development. Um, hmm. It also just sounds like they should stop complaining and bitching because maybe science just isn't good at making itself sexy anymore. Like, like when I was a kid in the 90s, man, and he had like, you used to have the Scholastic book catalog. They had all these fucking popular the scientists science were getting magazines. all the pussy. <laughs> When I, was, when I was a kid, <laughs> well, they you know what I'm saying? Like, they invented Viagra. You know, like, it was a big, it was a momentous era. <laughs> it was momentous era, but like, nah, dude. Like now, it's just like, like I don't know. Maybe they're just not. They have a messaging problem. You know, could be. Like they just, they just don't know how to make shit sound. And also, too, like maybe this is bearing the lead. Maybe this should have been mentioned before. Like, but I don't know, dude. Dog. It seems like when you have a society that's more geared towards like either making shit to kill people or like meaningless conveniences that a lot of research and development doesn't go into like groundbreaking, you know what I'm saying? Technology, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Well, like, yeah, I think of like technical innovations and in like buildings materials and plastics specifically, like building carbon chains that are so strong that like nothing can get through them, you know, which is why they like, mm -hmm. In Breaking Bad, it's like, you know, you dissolve a body in, like, a one of those, like, plastic bins. It's like plastic is very, yeah. like, the carbon chains and that shit are, like, so resilient. Uh, but, like, that's what it, a lot of it goes to, like, applied science. It's, like, either consumer products or, yeah, military hardware. <laughs> so, it's, like, yeah. I mean, if those are your, if those are your rubrics, if, those, if that's your end goal, like... I don't know. Like I said earlier, like the like I said earlier, like how many different ways can you like sell a cheap product? How many different ways can you kill a person? Like it's like at a certain point you kind of like have diminishing returns if that's your you know definition of an innovative. I mean, I mean it's like these motherfuckers like like they're like oh we're gonna like build a robot that has like joints where it can move independently. But it's going to be like a robot dog. And instead of like, I don't know, like instead of like, I don't know, not making it a toy, but making it a useful gadget, like are like, you know what I'm saying? Like the Department of Defense and police departments want to buy up a bunch of these Boston Dynamics dogs. Uh -huh. you know what I mean, 
Instead of like actually being like, okay, not even a consumer product, but how can we just actively help people? Because one of the one of those purposes for them too is like uh, disaster relief, you know? Yeah. Like finding people and shit like that. But that's not something that's advertised. God right? damn, you, you can imagine gonna... being neck deep in some flood water and see one of those motherfuckers <laughs> just like <laughs> just doggy cutting paddling. across the creek after you. I take my chances across with the, the water. flood water. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I probably would too, not gonna lie. Yeah. That's an interesting thing. Like, cops aren't going to let themselves be mechanized out of existence. Like, fuck no. Like, they still have to be able to, like, they still have to be able to idle their cars and, like, creep on teenage girls and, not, sh- sh- yeah, the show up five hours late to, like, a, you know, uh, a domestic violence situation or something like that. It's like, like, the whole point is because, is for them to have this completely arbitrary like role in society like if you start making like robot dogs do those jobs they're they could be like luddites yeah they're gonna, they're gonna like turn luddites into luddites yeah, the robot they're, dogs they're gonna, they're gonna be shooting the robot, shooting the robot dogs <laughs> well, there's gonna be a, a future that, and it's gonna be bad but we could take some solace in that there's gonna be like a disproportionate amount of human police mauled by those robot dogs <laughs> Because that's all they got to do now. They've already like incarcerated or killed everybody else, so now it's just them like trying to go and rein the robot dogs in. Uh huh. Yeah, blow it, blow themselves up and mm-hmm. shit. Yeah. Oh man, like I don't know, man. That 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 article is just funny because it's just like I've been I've been thinking about it, man. I kind of have been like I was on that tip for a little bit where I was like, man, like it seems like all the dope technological progress that I remember reading about. And then growing up, like in the '90s, stem uh, cell research and cloning, and the space shuttle. But then I don't know, man. I got older. I'm kind of like, well, I mean, yeah, the future really didn't happen. But I don't know, man. It's happening all the time. Well, you know, it's in this. La- the last paragraph here says we have extremely ordered mm-hmm. science. It's quoting this um, sociologist from University of Chicago, who was a co-author of the paper. He says, we have an extremely ordered science. We bet with confidence on where we invest our money, but we're not betting on fundamentally new things that have the potential to be disruptive. This paper suggests we need a little less order and a bit more chaos. And it's like, I can very easily see this kind of article and paper being as the justification for guys like Elon Musk, which is a kind of a funny, kind of a funny thing because it's like, Guys like Elon Musk would say, like, science is stagnant. We don't let our brilliant minds do anything anymore. And it's like the guy's a fucking dumbass. A massive fucking idiot. Exactly. So it's like, exactly. so it's like I, it is it's, maybe it's good. Amazing. We don't need that guy tinkering. <laughs> like, no. And I mean, like, I mean, like, too, like, we would kind of bring it full circle. We, there's a there's a line in a Neuromancer where Gibson says that um, oftentimes, like, technology needs like a training ground you know it needs somewhere to be cut loose so that its implementers can see what it's really capable of you know it needs like a no man's land right or wild wild west and i mean like when i think about places like uh like palestine and i read this article about they have these auto guns that can track movement and fire like autonomously and like a lot of like, I mean, even other other um, sort of uh, 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 weapons and and equipment that police use that have been brought back, like bringing back like this war home into communities. You know what I mean? It's just kind of like, yeah, man. Like, 
you let chaos, you let like chaos reign free, and then all of a sudden you're gonna just have more victims of this technology, you know? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, that's, the, that's even with fucking self-driving cars, dog. Like, that's an insane concept to me that anybody should be in a car, a vehicle, <laughs> like a like a multi, like hundred pound vehicle, and have the audacity to like take not take take their hands off of it. And it's like that shit's not even regulated yet, dog. Like, how are you gonna make the technology and let it go down the road and not regulate it? You know what yeah. I mean? So I don't know. Well, we also more the the betting analogy was absolutely insane because the only people that actually bet the way this guy's proposing we do in science are the like the degenerate gamblers that right. hang out at, <laughs> like all day. Like really successful gamblers, there's like six of them, and they really only put their money on when they see some sort of aberration in the lines because they know ultimately that the house can't be beat in a vacuum. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's just he's just talking about a bunch of like small time gamblers and like giving them the power of the nuclear bomb. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, like imagine like a bunch of paper. those guys. Yeah, just imagine a bunch of those guys with the power of like the atom. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And just like rolling dice and just be like, all right, let's see now. The power we'll to see how literally destroy kills. the world in the hands of people that wear like sweat stained ball caps and say <laughs> Santa Anita Derby 1993 <laughs> and like just chain smoke cigarettes at the slots all that. That's a really good visual, man. <laughs> good visual. Just absolutely <laughs> reckless. I'm thinking of the guy like wearing one of the visors. You know, one of the visors if you're like at the like I don't know, man, like playing games or shoot crafts or some shit like that. Yeah. But he's like has his hand on the nuclear button, you know, his finger right. on the nuclear button. <laughs> <laughs> God damn. Yeah. Yo, I can't believe people get paid to write shit like that, dog. I can't believe people get paid to write like, yo, let's start World War Three in the style of the Nazis, yo. To spur yo, innovation. Or the Italian futurists. Right. Yeah, to spur innovation. Well, I have it's to insane. say I have to say if the big disaster movies of the early or the late nineties and early two thousands, as famously pointed out in the Adam Curtis documentary. Like I feel like we're seeing more and more of that. And that's always sort of a harbinger for something bad to come down the road. So when I saw that Shyamalan movie, I'm like, yeah, another 9-11 Escavan is on the way. <laughs> <laughs> this can't be good. <laughs> or, or, or it could be like Alan Moore said, man. Alan Moore did an interview with The Guardian. He was like, yo, all of these superhero movies, like it's disturbing that a million people are lining up to go see Batman. You know, or Superman because of this like mass infant infantilization, yeah. right? Is like a harbinger of fascism. Yeah. And I know it seems like all cool now that people are watching all these like kids' movies and shit. And dude, I like superhero movies too. I mean, I don't like them I like them begrudgingly because I like comic books, but like right. that shit is pretty bad, man. That shit's uh that shit's not a good sign. That's not a healthy society. <laughs> <laughs> it's not healthy at all, bro. Need to bring back science. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit. Oh shit, dog. Well, boys. God damn. Shall we call it there? Yeah, man. Science, science for the win. I mean, you were talking about earlier looking for a belief system. Can't do better than that. Can't do better than science. Can't do better than science. <laughs> yeah. We're gonna send you that that sign in this house. We believe. <laughs> Hold up. I'm thinking Scientology. There we go. Yeah, there you go. It got, it got the word science in it. 
close enough. Christian science. You could be a Christian scientist. Yeah. There could be a Christian scientist. I never understood that sure. because they actually kind of believe in the opposite. Like they believe in like homeopathic cures and like uh, not going to the uh, doctor. So they don't believe. I thought Christian science meant they believed in intelligent design. Oh, maybe. That's not what I mean. Could be. I could be wrong. I don't. That's the thing. I don't know. I'm just putting the two words together. I'm like, okay, these sound like contradictory. But okay. I think Christian science is like, I think they don't like necessarily believe in going to doctors. Yeah. Things. Oh, I think they got, they, I, yeah, I think they've got like a couple of different views that are a little, a little different, but yeah, I'm, I'm not real sure. I talked to a guy from the Christian science monitor one time and I, he was talking to me about it and I can't really remember what, what it was. Mm. Yeah. Well. <clears throat> well, tune in next well, week the, for the hunt- a real life Christian scientist. Mm. Yeah, if well, anybody, yeah, yeah, the, <laughs> the hunt for Aaron of faith continues. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna keep uh, I'm gonna keep the nation in my back pocket. If I have to give up the swine to join uh, my brothers and sisters, <laughs> you know, man, you would look <laughs> sharp as hell doing it. But that's a big ask. I know, man. Yeah, it's a big ask, man. <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. All right, boys. To be well, continued. Is that it? Yeah, that's it. All right. Sounds good. Well, we'll see you all next time. Peace. Peace.